for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you've stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review about your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by giving online at believerschurch.tv. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We're located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. There are over 58 million horses in the world. That's a lot of horses. I feel like the majority of those are probably in Kentucky. Horses have one offspring at a time. So guess how many African driver ants there are in the world? We don't know, and it's impossible to know, because they can lay three or four million eggs every 25 days. They can also eat humans. Fun fact. The difference between the amount of horses in the world and the amount of African driver ants in the world is based on exponential growth. It's the difference between addition and multiplication. Around 31% of the world right now, just a little bit less than a third, or a little over 2 billion people, identify as Christians. That number is declining. We can count that just like we can count the horse population. But imagine if all followers of Jesus, not just those in the global south that are doing this so well, but if all followers of Jesus followed the Acts model, the book of Acts in the Bible, of multiplication. Because if we did that, the number would be much more difficult to count. The original church in the book of Acts operated with a math that has become very unfamiliar to the modern church or the church that we have today. We are in the fifth part, almost finished, the fifth of six parts of our 2021 vision series, Movement. Every week, one of the first things that we've tried to do is identify our mission statement, hoping that you will commit this to memory. Our mission is to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. And I know that this is really starting to stick. I know this is really starting to sink in for some of you. Because I had coffee with a guy at the church not long ago, coffee with with him and his daughter, And as he was talking to his daughter about the church, he says to her, you know, our church, our mission is to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. And when I heard that, I felt like I could have done cartwheels all over that place. Because what that tells me when our people, not just the leadership and obviously not just me, are starting to talk like that, it means that people are starting to get it. It's starting to stick. It's starting to permeate through what we do. It's becoming part of our cultural language. So to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus, 
is our why. That's what we're about. That's what we do. Everything that we focus on. So if someone asks, what is Believer's Church like? Of course, there are certain things that you can tell them about the way things look, the kind of people that go there. But the primary thing that we want people to understand is that it's our goal and our mission to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. And we've talked about broken people. We've talked about the addicted. We've talked about people who are struggling in their marriage, possibly people who are divorced. We're talking about people who are struggling financially right now. We're talking about people who are struggling with fear or uncertainty or, or whatever the case might be, all right? There's not one specific category. Broken means broken. We follow that up with our vision, and our vision is to create environments where the kingdom of God is both visible and contagious. In the Gospels, Jesus talks a lot about this kingdom concept and what this means. And it's our desire, as it was the mission of Jesus, to bring this kingdom to earth so that it's visible and people can see kingdom people, but it's also, as it will always be, in its natural form, contagious. Okay, so how do we do that? From the perspective of strategy, from the perspective of, of our ministries and how we do church, what exactly does that look like? We've spent the last few weeks talking about our four core values going forward. The first is formation, and that is to become students of Jesus and to learn through the spiritual disciplines what it means to be a disciple. Community, or to follow Jesus together. And we talked about the importance of community in all areas of the body, but specifically with our community groups that are going to be starting very soon. We talked last week about servanthood, and this is to love others like Jesus. And this is primarily the work that we do whenever we're serving people outside of the church through our venture teams. And then lastly, the core value that we'll talk about today that really pulls all of this together in a very special way is multiplication. That's our final core value, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I would like to share with you what is often referred to as the Great Commission. Some of you are familiar, whenever you hear the language of the Great Commission, what this means. It's important because it's the final instructions that Jesus gives us before leaving earth. So whenever he's talking to his disciples for the last time, if there's one important thing that Jesus wants to leave with them, it is what we're going to talk about today. And it will be central to our mission and our vision. So we're going to talk a lot about multiplication so that you have an idea of what it means. But just to give you more narrative, all right, before we go further, multiplication is the focused and intentional effort of disciples making disciples. So formation, community, and servanthood, as we've already discussed and we will discuss more of today, is about becoming a disciple, but we can't stop there because multiplication is about making more disciples. It's not just about you becoming a disciple. It doesn't matter how introverted you are. It doesn't matter how shy 
or, or how much social anxiety you may have, we are called to be disciples that then make disciples. Okay, so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 20. This, is again, is what we often refer to as the Great Commission. It's at the very end of Matthew's gospel. This is what Jesus is telling the disciples. Now, the 11 disciples, of course, excluding Judas, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This was still a difficult time for them post-resurrection. Jesus came near and spoke to them, I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, not simply be a disciple, as the 11 already are, as well as a, a large handful of other followers of Jesus at this point, but go and make disciples of all nations so that this journey can spread. Baptizing them in the Trinitarian formula, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, again, your responsibility through disciple multiplication, pouring into other people, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. Now, this is, this is difficult and possibly our most, our most convicting of all of these core values because I think it's fair to say, a lot like loving others, what we talked about last week, that we're not doing a very good job of this. It's not just that Believer's Church may not be doing a good job of this, but Christians overall are not necessarily doing a very good job of multiplying. The important thing about this New Testament mandate, this command, is that Jesus does not say, go and make more converts so that you can grow a large church. Yet this seems to be the North American mandate for the church. Get as many people in church as you can, convert as many people as you can so that the church can grow larger and larger and larger. Now, there are some good things about that. All right, We're not throwing out that entire thing. But the problem that we've seen is that often when this is our focus, we, we fail to make disciples, and that's what Jesus is actually commanding us to do. So what if we just have this laser focus on making disciples? That's what we're doing at Believer's Church. So when we talk about our mission to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus, our focus is making disciples. All right? So this should be our, our only measure or standard of success. Yet we confuse this in a lot of different ways. And that's, that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about this morning. All right? So first, multiplication is a, a culmination of our other three core values. Formation, all right, to become students of Jesus. Community, to follow Jesus together, servanthood, to love others like Jesus. 
And this is all, every single bit of it, about making disciples. So when we discuss formation, community, and servanthood, we are talking about making disciples on a micro level. All right, so what I mean by that is whenever we talk about making disciples within Believer's Church, that is small scale or micro level. And the values that we want to pour into our people is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, learning the spiritual disciplines, what it means to be a part of a Christ-centered community and to try to get away from the idea of an individualized spirituality, and then learning what it truly means beyond simply going to church on Sunday mornings, what it actually means to serve others, these broken people that we're actually talking about. But then when we talk about multiplication, which is our fourth value, which, which stands out a little from the other three, we're talking about macro-level disciple-making or macro-level, large-scale reproducing, all right? So that means that what we are seeking to do is produce or replicate more formation, community, and servanthood. Taking these core values, these cultural values, and pouring them in through the strategy that we focused on, through our community groups, through our venture teams, through these ministries that we are, we are starting, pouring this into more and more people. So this is the primary question that we've got to ask as a church. How do we reproduce or how do we replicate what we are doing here, okay? How do we reproduce or how do we replicate what we are doing here? How do we reproduce the culture that is going on within this building or this community of believers? How do we do that, all right? If we fail to replicate, we are only working by addition, and the majority of churches, now some churches are actually, unfortunately, most churches, in fact, working through subtraction. All right, so sometimes we feel like we're doing good if we're working through addition, meaning we're adding just a few people here and there. All right, but if we succeed in replicating, we are working from multiplication. Now, our way and our uh, traditions pull us toward addition, and many of you that are watching right now, that are listening right now, or will listen later to the podcast, those of you that grew up in church, you'll be able to recognize, and I hope this is a convicting moment, that you've been working through addition and not multiplication. Maybe for most of your life. So what addition looks like is maybe just my efforts, just the pastor, because a lot of times people think it's just the pastor's job to try to make disciples. But if I am the only person trying to make disciples, or if I'm the only person inviting people to church, because this is the way that we look at it, we, we invite people to church and we have a, an, an invite culture. Right? If we are simply inviting people to church, which please understand that's a good thing, to invite people to church. But if we are just inviting people to church, we are still working 
through the principles of addition, all right, which is actually what we're used to. We are going to have to go through this cultural process that's going to be difficult of detox in order to get there. And in this, in this teaching today and also throughout the year, we're going to be talking a lot about detox because detox is incredibly difficult. It's a very hard thing to go through. This is likely going to be a, a slow difficult process. When you go from consuming or you go from addition to walking into disciple-making multiplication. All right, so we have to be patient because it is going to be slow, but it will be difficult. There are people who are not going to like the way that we do church because it's not the way that they're used to doing church. Some people may even leave, all right? This, no doubt, will be a, a pruning uh, process, all right, for us. But also notice that multiplication is always going to shift the culture from attractional to missional. Now, this may not be language that you're real familiar with. In fact, it may be the first time that you've heard attractional or missional. All right, so I'm going to explain this. All right, now, now here's the difference between attractional and missional. Attractional says, come to us. All right, that's like, that's the ideology, even though sometimes people may not want to admit that. All right, the direction of the church and the mission of the church is actually stating, come to us. We're the cool church. All right, we have all the bells and the whistles. You're getting kind of bored with the contempor- or the, the traditional church that you've always went to, the traditional Baptist church, the traditional Presbyterian church, the, the traditional Methodist church, whatever it might look like. You're getting kind of bored with that. Well, we've got, we've got contemporary, upbeat music. We've got coffee at our church, good coffee. We've got friendly people. We've got relevant topics. You can wear whatever you want to. No judgment here. Come into our church. This is what we call the attractional model, all right? And I'm not saying that everything wrong, uh, everything with this is wrong, all right? Because there are some components of this that are actually wonderful. You, you should be able to come to a church where you're not judged, you know, whenever you walk into the door. Uh, you should be among people that you're able to relate to in everyday life. So I'm not throwing everything away whenever I say this, but I want you to understand the difference in the, in the ideology that we're talking about. So the, the attractional church model is going to say, come to us. All right, now missional says, and where multiplication actually works, says we are being sent into the world. All right, so do you see the difference? Not come and see us, what we're about, and, and, and enter into this uncomfortable experience where we are, but instead, we are being called into the uncomfortable experience of entering into the world in a way of being sent. All right, there's a big difference in the two. So this involves a completely different way of viewing the church. And some people most people have a very, very difficult time with change, all right? And that, that's understandable. Okay, so let, let me provide an example. 
for centuries. All right, so this has obviously been programmed into a lot of us that, that, that grew up in, in church. For centuries, our focus has been around a Sunday event or a worship service on Sunday. All right, so the attractional church model, which is what many churches are familiar with, say this. Pour most of your time, your money, all right, your budget, and your energy and other resources into making Sunday irresistible to new people. All right, so the vision and the mission and the structure of the church and everything is built around a weekend experience, all right, a Sunday service. Again, there are components of this that are great, all right, that there's nothing wrong uh, with some of this, all right? But this missional idea is different in many ways. So, so here's a good detox thought, all right, to help us orient toward mission. There are two primary reasons for a, a weekly service, all right, or a, a Sunday service. The gathering of believers, okay, so that we can be together, so that we can meet in community, just like the Bible talks about, even one of our core values, all right, community talks about the importance of this. And then also the importance of public worship, all right? So worship and building community, two foundational parts of why this weekend experience or this Sunday uh, worship service is so important. But more important, all right, than those two things, and this is more mission-oriented, is to be able to identify and connect with people that want to be a disciple, or show some curiosity about being a disciple. Because the truth is, there are a lot of people, and there are people in Believer's Church, if we're going to get very real about this, there are people at Believer's Church right now, watching online, and people that are with us every single Sunday that really just kind of want business as usual. They want to be able to come to their Sunday service. They want to be able to hear some of their favorite worship songs. They want their kids to be able to enjoy a good kids' ministry experience. They want to be able to see so-and-so. And they want to be able to get just a little bit of a message that will get them through the week, as, it, as you often hear, until they can come and, and, and recharge you know, the following Sunday. All right, but what we really need to be doing and what we really need to be looking for are people not only on Sunday morning, but in our community groups, people that we meet every single day in our lives, uh, the poor and the broken that we deal with in, with our venture teams that have the interest in spiritual conversations that do want to become uh, disciples, okay? So this requires training, which we're going to have, detox, which we've talked about. It requires prayer, it requires intentionality, but the good news is these are all things because of our core values and because of our mission that we are pouring in to our culture already. It's not going to happen overnight. Culture never changes overnight. In fact, statistically, it really takes about two years for a culture to really, really latch on. All right, but this is the point right here and what we need to understand. If we are not making disciples that in turn make disciples, 
we are failing. Life is short. We have a limited amount of time. And if everything that we focus on is a Sunday set list or the friends that we only see once a week or the specific lesson in one kid's ministry service, we are missing the mark. Okay, so here's a brief history because I love church history. Here's a brief history, very, very brief, very, very summarized of how we got to this attractional place. So why do you think the way that you do? Again, talking to people who are like super seasoned in church. Why do you think the way that you do? And why do you see things the way that you see things? All right, how do we need to to go about detoxing from those things? All right, here's a brief history. The church began, all right, we're talking Book of Acts. The church began as a decentralized, organic movement of disciples making disciples through church planting. All right, so this is what the Acts model church looks like. I'm going to say that one more time. A decentralized organic movement of disciples making disciples that results in planting churches. Not these huge mega churches that have all the money and all this stuff. All right. In fact, a lot of these churches were small, fluid, organic communities in which disciples were made and the message scatters. We see that they're increasing in number and they're not making one huge church. They're, they're, they're making more and more and more churches through the process of multiplication. Now, over time, and this is the majority of Christian history, this is centuries that I'm talking about right now. Over time, think, think the Middle Ages, think the Renaissance, think uh, the classical period, think even into the 20th century, all right? The church becomes highly institutionalized with a hierarchy and, and programs and predictable and traditional patterns, all right? And, and this is what a lot of you that, that grew up, and, and this, you'd have to grow up in the 50s and 60s and 70s to really know what this looked like, but really second, third, fourth century, this is what the church looks like. Now, into the 80s, things really start to change because we see a shift toward the church growth movement, all right? Or what I like to refer to as the free market church. All right. At this time, we begin to run churches with a lot of business practices. We see a lot, of, a lot of secular things that we see in businesses and organizational health that we feel like can help churches grow. We see the emergence of what we call the megachurch and a lot of large churches. It's all about cultural relevance and, and, and all of these different kinds of things. And we're using these form of practices, anything that we can do sometimes to try to get people to attend our churches. And this is still going on in a, in, a, in a major way in which some churches are continuing to use these practices to numerically grow. All right, what we at Believer's Church are seeking to do, and it's really important that you understand this, is return to a fluid and organic disciple-making movement. All right, now... This is not necessarily going to look like some of the churches down the road, all right? It may not appear at times that we have all of the bells and the whistles, 
and all of the, the, the best technology and all of these things that, that are drawing so many people in. And let me say again, I believe in utilizing all of these techniques. I, th- I think it's great, all right? So I'm not saying anything against that. But our primary focus will be this fluid and organic disciple-making movement. Again, this must be where we draw our uh, most important metrics. All right, but then also, I I just want to say this in a very real way, and I'm speaking to some of you that are with us every single Sunday because I want you to understand this. Multiplication will be the core value that challenges us the most. Formation, you know, we're we're learning about fasting, we're learning about silence and solitude, we're, we're getting deeper in Scripture and teaching people how to read Scripture. People who have struggled their entire lives on how to pray, we're working on that stuff. We're, we're talking about worship, we're talking about giving, we're talking about serving. Okay, people can often handle that. We're, we're, we're talking about community. That's something that I've already said that I believe Believer's Church does absolutely wonderful. All right, so there's not a lot of work that we have to do there. I'm very excited about our community group starting. And even the, even the servanthood part, I feel like our people already do that amazing. But for those who do struggle loving the least of these, we are going to have to break down some walls in order to do that. But multiplication is still going to be the hardest because, listen, detox is tough. I, I'm saying this as, as an alcoholic that is, that is this month will have eight years of sobriety. As someone also that is set in the hospital, a job that I used to have in which I, I sit with people that went through detox, detox is tough. And the longer you've been in the church, let me say it this way, for those of you that have just recently started visiting Believer's Church, and maybe you didn't grow up in church, or you, you, you were out of church for a very long time, you're actually better equipped right now than people who have been in church and, and done things the same way for a very long period of time. All right, so what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to be open-minded and I'm asking you to be prayerfully patient because God is going to walk us through every single bit of this. Now, this is the most important thing that I want to say and this may be the most important thing that I say throughout this entire series. All right, so please listen to this. Please go back in the podcast if you need to, in this, in this uh, live stream if you need to, and check this out. Recently, God woke me up in the middle of the night and spoke to me. And that doesn't happen very often. And when I say spoke to me, I don't mean audibly spoke to me, but spoke to me right into my soul. And I got my phone out and I started trying to put as many notes down so I could remember what God was saying to me in that time. And then I shared this a few days later with the biblical leadership team. Okay, and I'll take this even a step further. Up to this point at my time at Believer's Church, if there's one thing that I want you to hear and one thing that I want to resonate strongly, it's this right here. I don't want people to fall in love with our church. Now, I know that sounds really strange. Okay, but please hear me out. I don't want people to fall in love with our church wanting to stay in this location, saying, 
oh, we've got the, 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 the best worship leader in, in, in the town. Like, like, Tyler is wonderful. I love our music. I love our building. It's convenient. It's close to home. We've got a wonderful pastor. Whenever you go in, everything just feels so close. I, I, I've got all these wonderful relationships. Listen, all of that stuff is very important, but I want you to hear this, and this is how focused I am. I don't want people to fall in love with our church I want people to fall in love with our mission. To help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. I don't want people to fall in love with our church. 6110 Kingsport Highway, Johnson City, Tennessee. I want people to fall in love with our mission to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. And I'd even like to ask you to take that mission statement to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus and write it down. Go back later and listen to this. Write it down. Uh, put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it around your odometer on your car so that it infiltrates you and you're immersed in it in every possible way. So hear this right here. If people fall in love with our church, we're a lot like a resort where people come to get their weekend getaway. They know that they can be around people just like them. There is a level of comfort that they feel almost like you feel whenever you're on vacation and you want more and more and more and more people to experience your church. So that's what happens if people fall in love with our church. It's acting more like a resort. When people fall in love with our mission to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus, we're operating more like a post office. We're bringing people in, we're preparing them, we're getting them ready, and we're sending them out to multiply. To multiply what? To replicate or reproduce what? Helping broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. Creating environments where the kingdom of God is visible and contagious. How do they do it? Formation, community, servanthood, and on top of that, more multiplication. This is the Great Commission. This is what we, all of us, have been called to do. Three challenging questions that will help give answers, okay? The first is this. What are we multiplying when we talk about multiplying? A lot of talk about multiplication. All right, what are we multiplying whenever we're talking about multiplying? We are multiplying our mission and our vision and our core values focused on making disciples in more and more 
and more places in our region, at least to start. How do we do this? Question number two, how do we do this? We strategically build detox and delivery into our culture. We take our core values, formation, in which we talked about teaching the spiritual disciplines. We take community groups and we build deeper and deeper community. And we use our venture teams in all of the areas in our region that God has called us to serve others and do the work of gospel, the gospel being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of pruning. But this is how we do this. And then the third question, which some of you may be wondering, do we have, and and as the lead pastor, do I have locations or, or people in mind? Like, am I thinking about planting a church somewhere across town or somewhere else in in the Tri-Cities area? Do I have individuals in mind that are going to go out and do this? The answer is no. I don't have a a, a five-year plan to let you know right now exactly how that's going to happen because God has not revealed that to me yet. Small steps. So if anything... What this needs to be for you that's, that's watching right now, that watches every week, that's, that's been with us in person every week, what that means for you is that you need to be in a posture of listening and intentionally praying right now. Because God will reveal through our focus and through our faithfulness what we are supposed to do next. All right, so the last thing that I want to do today, because this is the last day that we're actually talking about the core values, the last thing that I want to do today is just give you a brief overview of the four core values and how they work uh, before we close out. Again, the first is, is formation. And formation is to become students of Jesus. All right, so whenever we talk about formation, we talked about having a spring and a fall practice in the form of a sermon series that will also correspond to our community groups and which we will deeply, deeply instill over the course of several weeks how to pray, how to read the Bible, how to practice hospitality, all right, how to serve others. What is fasting? Why is fasting practiced? What is silence and solitude? What does it mean to practice Sabbath? Formation. Community. To follow Jesus together. Major emphasis on our community groups. And if you say that you're bought in at Believer's Church... Our community group's orientation, just to learn, a night of learning about this ministry, will take place on February the 21st at 6 o'clock. Be here in person, February the 21st at 6 o'clock. Servanthood, to love others like Jesus. This is where we talk about our Family Promise ministry, our Hope Bags ministry, the work that we're doing at Boone's Creek Elementary School through the Resource Center, 
and everything else that's going to be added because we will be known as a church that leads in our community. And then multiplication to reproduce and replicate the other three and to increase this Jesus-following movement. Formation, community, servanthood, micro-level. Multiplication, large-scale, more and more and more, macro-level. Father, we come to you this morning, lifting you up, just thanking you so much, Father, for the, for the vision and the mission that you have given us as a body, and Father, the work that you are going to do through us, knowing that through our faithfulness, Father, an unwavering desire to please you and to live for you. That we are going to see a bold manifestation of gospel work in our region. Father, we pray for those that feel like wanderers, that, that nomads in the Christian world that are looking for a place to belong, that this is what they've been looking for. Father, if they can identify that they will join us and they will participate in the work that you're going to do here. Father, for those who don't know you, for those who have not began this discipleship journey, Father, that we will reach into the broken places of our community to show your love in greater ways. Father, we can do it when we do it together, and we can do it when your kingship and your lordship of the Son is at the center of everything that we do. We pray these things in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.